Hey everyone, welcome into episode 6 of the Full Court Press, a podcast dedicated to Montgomery and Sumner County hoops. In this episode, Brady and I have a ton of fun as we give you our starting five, the five best players that have impressed us so far this season, both a boys and girls team. We also highlight our players of the week and we give you our patented 2-2-1, which is two games, two players, and one winner for the week. So, without further ado, let's dive right on in to episode six of the Full Court Press. Welcome back to Full Court Press, the only Montgomery and Sumner basketball podcast in the mid-state. I'm Brady McIntyre here with Zach Womble. This is episode six. How are we doing today, Zach? I am doing fantastic, Brady. I am doing very good. It's been a fun week of hoops. It's been uh, a lot. It's, there's a lot to talk about, so just excited to get this this ball rolling. Absolutely. We got a, we got a fun episode today. We are doing something that uh, I actually did on my own Twitter account earlier this season, um, talking about the all city or all county starting five. Um, this is something that I tweeted out earlier this season, and people really seem to enjoy it, whether they were agreeing with my takes or hating on my takes. And isn't that what Twitter is for? So we're bringing that to the podcast platform. And uh, Zach, why don't we get going? Uh, start it off with your uh, Sumner County. Why don't we go with the boys first, your uh, boys starting five? Yeah, so this was a tough decision, but a decision that I made based on games played so far this season. Um, not based on anything else, just kind of how you've done through about 15 games or so uh, through the season. So I've got uh, Christian Shaw from Beach, uh, Tyler Moore from Station Camp, Eli Rice from Station Camp, Sam Specht from JP2, and Andrew Page from Beach. Uh, those guys have played lights out so far this season, and they're the re- they're a main reason as to why they're one of the top three seeds in District 9 AAA, talking about Station Camp and Beach. Uh, those guys have won multiple player of the week honors. Uh, they've been all tournament and, and, and they've been, you know, just really good, solid players for the team so far this season and why they are out to such a great start. And then talking about Sam Specht, a guy that is purely one of the best basketball players in the county. Um, so he, he was obviously an easy choice. So that's my starting five as of right now, if I had to drop an all county team for the boys, for the boys side. And, Moving on to the girls, I've got Jeremiah Montgomery and Anaya Boone from Gallatin. Listen, second place team deserves top two players from their from their from their squad. So those two girls from Gallatin plus Marissa Wirtz from Station Camp. Listen, she can go get a bucket anytime you need one. Uh, she she plays hard all the time, and uh, she is a very easy choice for for my starting five. And then the other two go: Bree Ellis from Beach and Elena Eckel from Westmoreland. Those two those uh, those two girls round out my my starting five for the girls' side, and I feel very, very confident in both teams, and I'd love to see how they would match up with uh, with your starting five from Montgomery County. Yeah, definitely a lot of talent on those teams. Um, and I, I might be biased, but I really love my Montgomery <laughs> County teams too. Um, yeah, I, there's a lot of talent in this city, and amazingly, I was able to do both starting fives without doubling up on any schools, well, as far as putting two players on either boys or girls. Um, you know, obviously we're doubling up on uh, on schools across both genders, but um, we'll kick it off uh, with the boys team, uh, starting with Amitri Moss from Northwest. Dude is just a pure bucket getter. 
absolute insane scorer. He's only about 5'11", throws down some awesome dunks. He's just a fun player to watch. Uh, I've also got Clarksville's J.J. Wheat. He was my player of the year last year as just a sophomore. Already has scored 1,000 points in his career, and he's just a junior. Um, and then we got Clarksville Academy's Eddie Riddicks, another young guy, super talented, coming off an injury, helped Clarksville Academy win a big game against Mount Julia Christian Academy with a, an absolute blowout last week. Uh, then we're moving on to Isaiah Ferrier from Northeast, probably the best player on that team and what I still think is the best player in the county and finishing off with Ronald Jesme, easily the best defender in the entire county. Uh, one of the best defenders in the state, if I remember correctly. He, he's one of the uh, state leaders in blocks per game. Uh, dude is just an absolute force down low. Moving on to the girls' side, we got point guard from Northeast, Sierra Bowser. She's just a really good slasher, really good playmaker, um, all-around solid player to have on your team. Then we have Rossview's Chelsea Williams, one of the best shooters in the area, a good leader for a young team. And speaking of leaders, Diamond Bryant, a senior from Clarksville Academy. Uh, she hasn't uh, exactly stepped up in the way of scoring this season that we thought she might, um, but she has been an absolute great leader, plays great defense, can facilitate, and can score. She did reach the 1,000 career points mark this season. Then we have probably the best player in the city, Tamia Scott for Northwest. I got the chance to watch her on Friday, and just an absolutely incredible player, can uh, incredible defender, very long, can hit three-pointers, can really do it all. And then maybe the quietest star in the whole city, city, uh, city Sydney Weatherford. That is a bit of a tongue twister. Uh, she's a uh, big for Clarksville. Uh, she gets a lot of rebounds, one of the program's all-time leading rebounders, um, but can put up 20 points really on any given night. Good shooter, can score in the paint on second-chance opportunities. Uh, just a really, really solid all-around player. Did I miss Imani Berry? No, I didn't have Amari on it uh, this time. Uh, but, you know, that, I think that's part of the fun. You know, people might disagree with me uh, and, and put Amari in there over some other players. Uh, I think she definitely could have a, uh, a case for being in there over some players. Um, but she has struggled a little bit. She only had two points against Northwest this past week, a game we'll probably talk about a little later against um, Tamia Scott and uh, Amaya Cobb, some really good defenders. I won't um, so she, she is still – Still learning a little bit, but she's not far out for being in that starting five. Yeah, I want so I did. I did want to bring that game up to me, to you today. I mean, because obviously you've been on the Scott bandwagon as far as player of the year so far in Montgomery County, but obviously Barry is you know so highly touted. Uh, so was that game what you thought it would be? Uh, yeah, it was a really really good basketball game. Uh, Northwest ended up winning by just two points, and that was at CHS in a year that has strangely been very favoring toward home, home teams, even though there are no crowds right now in Montgomery County, home teams are still really winning big. Um, but Northwest was able to go and get the win. They were actually leading uh, by double digits at halftime. And Tamia Scott had 20 points at halftime, finished with only 22. So Clarksville did a really good job of uh, locking her up uh, in the second half. Um, but Amari Berry only had one basket, whereas Sydney Weatherford had 23 points. She uh, led, the, led the game in, in scoring, uh, and some of the seniors really stepped up. Aaron Lackey, Macy Brown, a couple really good players for Clarksville, stepped up and um, helped get the game closer. But Northwest, uh, Tamia Scott, um, so, and some really, really good um, tertiary pieces there, uh, including Amaya Cobb, Kayla Howell, some other players in there. Um, Naya Bogarty, just uh, probably the best team in the area. And honestly, I was talking to their coach, Ben Wallace, after the game. And uh, they were, he was saying that he wouldn't be surprised to see either um, 
his team or Clarksville get to sub-state and maybe even further. You mentioned Northwest and Clarksville. Um, was there any other game that you saw that really stood out to you last week? Um, not entirely. I uh, had a game that I thought was going to be pretty good in uh, the Kenwood boys versus Clarksville boys, but Clarksville ended up blowing them out behind a huge performance by J.J. Wheat, some guy, someone we're going to be talking about uh, very soon in another one of our segments. Um, uh, and group performances alongside him from Jaheim Berry and their big man, Charles Freeman. Um, but really the only super close game that I had was that uh, Northwest Clarksville girls game. But uh, I know you had had some pretty intriguing games this week. Yeah, so so I had a few. I had a few. I got three games this week, which is which is not normal, right? We've we're always I'm always talking about how I only get Tuesday Friday games, but mm-hmm. I actually got a Saturday game uh, as well. But let's go all the way back to Tuesday. So the game that I was at was Station Camp versus Lebanon, and uh, that girls game really turned out to be a fun one to to cover. Um, it was it was I think a, a six point win for Lebanon. Um, and I had a couple couple people people ask me like, how did Station Camp keep it so close? You know, Lebanon's un, undefeated in league play; they're so good, and you know, expected to make this great run. And you know, I, I I told them I said, you know, Station Camp just they really got out for that game, and they're a team I feel like that plays uh, the front the name on the front of the jersey a lot more than probably they should. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, because you're you're looking at a couple other results from the season, and you're thinking to yourself like, how you know, or, or like how did that happen? But then you see that, and you're thinking. Well, was Lebanon off or was Station Camp really good? And I would say that Station Camp was was really good that night, and they pushed Lebanon. And uh, but see, what makes Lebanon so so good is they just respond. Um, whether it's with a big lockdown performance on defense, whether it's you know getting to the bucket to draw a foul and hit some critical free throws, whatever it may be, Lebanon is just experienced, and that's kind of what they showed off in that girls game, the boys game turned out to be really good, a game that Station Camp won. And then moving on to Friday, I had to go to Station Camp Beach, right? That's such a huge game. And Beach boys in in a very good game jumped out to a large lead. I think they jumped out to 14 maybe wow. in the third quarter. And then um, for whatever – and then Station Camp, they just kind of made their way back into the game. It ended up being a, an eight-point win for Beach. They held on with some free throws and critical stops late. Uh, we'll talk about that game and some players here in a little bit, but um, that was a lot of fun. And then the girls' game, the Beach girls won in a little bit of a shocker, um, just because of what I've said, just what I, because of what I just said. You know, playing Lebanon so good, you think they come out against Beach and, and kind of handle their own. But uh, when you only score four points in the third quarter and the mm. other team scores seventeen, it, it's yeah. hard. It's hard to make that up in an eight-minute time frame. Yep. That'll set you back. Yeah, so um, those two games were really good. And then on Saturday, seeing Portland versus Springfield, um, the Portland girls picking up a win. You know, there was at one point in, in the second half where Portland went on like a 14-2 run, and it was in large thanks to great defense by, by Portland. I mean, Lily Whitehead, I think, like five steals in a row. Seriously, there was like five possessions where Springfield could not get the ball past half court. I think four steals went to Lily, and then one might have went to Katie McLeod. Um, their defense was just really good when it mattered most, and they were able to go on a huge run and able to withstand Springfield and get their get their fifth win of the season. And in the boys' game, um, you, Portland saw a 10-point fourth-quarter uh, lead disappear like that. Hmm. And uh, Springfield came down and actually won on a game-winning layup with about two and a half seconds left. But um, that was a game where Daryl Travis, uh, Portland head coach, was very disappointed in his team because he felt like they took a step backwards Saturday night. So – you know, 
all in all, some really good action, some really good games. But um, I would say that Station Camp Beach Boys game probably was the one that stood out. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned Springfield against that uh, against that Portland team uh, coming back, making that big win. Springfield is actually they've been one of the harder hit teams by COVID this season. They've had they've surrendered a couple games this season, um, but they've recently come back in District Ten and had some pretty good games beat actually beat Rossview last week um I noticed that yeah very very surprising um but maybe not so surprising now after seeing them beat Portland like that making a big comeback win um they could they could potentially uh cause some cause some rifts in in District 10 and uh, another game I actually forgot to mention because it wasn't a game that I personally was at uh, we had one of our great full, uh, freelancers uh Blaine Keller there to cover the game Dude, he was such a great job yeah, he absolutely does. I'm, we're very, very, very lucky to have him. But uh, he was at uh, Kenwood at, uh, versus Northeast. Now, I mentioned the uh, home court advantage that we've been seeing lately. And this game was at Kenwood. And remember, this is, still team, this is a team that lost by a lot to Clarksville earlier this week. Um, they lost to Northeast by just one point on Friday. And they had a chance to send the game to overtime. We're actually down three with just a couple seconds left. And Jalen Washington, one of their very good guards, actually took a layup as time expired instead of taking a three-pointer to lose by one. Uh, Now, head coach Jason James said that uh, there were a lot of reasons they lost that game, and Jalen going for the layup was not one of those reasons. So um, hard to put the blame on that. He had a very good game. but really, really surprising to see that result and to see Kenwood hang with Northeast so tight. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Coach is right. There's 32 minutes, and you can't just single out one play mm-hmm. as to as to why you you win or lose. But um, heck of a heck of a job to fight though for them. I mean, heck of a job to 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 keep it close and give themselves a chance. Yep, absolutely. And uh, one more quick thing about Springfield. You know, you you mentioned there they've been hit hard with the COVID bug. Uh, now that now that I think about it. They did mention on Saturday night, Portland did that, because, you know, their first game they played, Portland won by, like, 20. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had they had made a, a mention as I was walking out, like, this was a completely different team than the first one we played. So maybe maybe now late in the year they, they have all their guys back, and they, like you said, they could make a real run at it. Well, maybe not yeah. a real run at it, but make some noise. Yeah, starting to kind of get a little bit of a groove, you know, um, kind of gelling a little bit. Um, they, they could that could potentially be a, a dangerous team maybe pull off an upset in the tournament you know knock off one of those teams that you know is kind of established in district 10 you know one of the maybe a, the northeast or one of the Clarksville's, one of those schools um and <laughs> cause some unrest who knows you never know you never know so brady we've talked about these teams that we've saw let's move on to our player of the week segment let's talk about who impressed this week uh whether it be from one game or multiple games from the from the previous week, you know what we do. One boy, one girl from your area. Who are your players of the week for episode six? Yep. So my players of the week are going to be two names that I've already mentioned in my starting lineups. Uh, starting with the boys, it's going to be JJ Wheat from Clarksville. I got the chance to see both of his games this week. Uh, first against Kenwood and second against Northwest. He scored 23 in the win over Kenwood and 20 in the win against Northwest. So a uh, pretty easy choice there. You know, he had two fantastic games, um, played good defense. And uh, he's a guy who went from last year to being 
Um, a little bit ball dominant, not necessarily, you know, a ball hog or anything. You know, he had great scores with him. But he's been playing off the ball a lot this year. Um, they Clarksville rolls out a really unique sort of three-point guard lineup almost. And a lot of the time he's playing off the ball and has really grown a lot. And that's helped him get some extra looks, you know, some cuts uh, behind, the, behind the basket, you know, um, backdoor cuts, things like that. And uh, it, it's really helped evolve his game. And I, I got to imagine scouts like seeing that. Um, and then uh, for the girls' side, uh, I'm going with Tamia Scott. Um, you know, you said that I, I'm kind of on, on the bandwagon for her being player of the year, um, and that continued this week. This, uh, she scored 26 against Stewart County on Monday, another game that uh, Blaine was at. And uh, Stewart County was girls' team is really good. You know, they're, they're um, a 2A team, so not quite a 3A team, but still a very good team that was undefeated going into that game. And Tamia put up uh, 26 on them. And then, like I said earlier, 22 in the win against CHS. She was uh, easily the best player on the floor. Uh, she had a lot of blocks, a lot of rebounds, um, played great defense on players like Imari Berry. And uh, I think, again, she's kind of an easy choice for me, player of the week this week. Uh, both of those players went undefeated this week as well. Very nice. Very well-deserving. My players of the week this week are um, actually from the same school. Um, hmm. what, my boys being Andrew Page – he scored seven of his 11 points in the fourth quarter when it mattered most against yep. Station Camp in a huge district game. Listen, Station Camp was is, is number one in league. Beach is number three. Green Hill is in the middle there. Um, but Beach and Station Camp now have the same amount of losses, which is two. So they will own the tiebreaker over them. And Listen, that was such a critical win in so many ways. Um, so Andrew Page, listen, he played great defense. He rebounded. I mean, he, he caused – Havoc on uh, the station camp offense and, and was just really, really good in that game. It could have gone to a couple different guys, Luke Fleming, point guard, Caleb Powell, Christian Shaw. I mean, they all played well. Um, but I just think Andrew Page, his ability to just guard the rim, play good defense, and score seven huge points in the fourth quarter when you win by eight is yeah. – is, is, is that's, that's money time right there is, mm-hmm. is what I like to say. And, and he was money in the fourth quarter. That's just the definition of clutch right there. You know, if he doesn't do that, who knows how the outcome go, uh, goes. Exactly. Three of those points being free throws. So, I mean, it, it, you just – you got to you got to tip your cap to him. And then the other being in the first game, Bree Ellis with, with 19. Listen, she was uh, magnificent, and she was their team's offense in that second half. And what I consider a little bit of an upset. Now, I, I will say this. You know, I was looking for Marissa Wirtz, but – Man, she just was in foul trouble early in that game. And, and there was a couple calls that, that she got where I'm like, I don't know about that. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. let's uh, – you know, I don't – you know, a few of them, sure. But there was maybe two that, that I thought were a little ticky-tack, which would have kept her in the game and maybe changed uh, the outcome because she pretty much wasn't able to play uh, for a large majority of that second half uh, before fouling out in the fourth quarter. But Briella, she scored, I think, 14 of her 19 in the second half. She was their offense whenever they needed a bucket, whether it was on the press, whether it was a set offense, whether she was getting a steal on defense. She was uh, – I feel like she was the big reason why they won that game um, in the fashion that they did Friday night. So, Andrew Page and Briella is my two players of the week this week. Yeah, and why don't we uh, transition that uh, into the 2-2-1 this week? I'm sure we'll I, – I, I'm, I'm – I'm not sure, but I would expect we'll hear a little bit more about those uh, Buccaneers in this in this segment. Uh, negative. Um, really? No Buccaneers. No Buccaneers in this segment. I know I've been high on the beach train. 
um, this season. Listen, they listen. They they deserve the praise. They've been good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not handing out praise because they don't deserve it. They've been good. Uh, but my two two one this week. Uh, my two games are the Station Camp Boys at Green Hill. Listen, I just mentioned mentioned it one and two in league standings. Green Hill. Let me pull up the record here. Six and one, while Station Camp is seven and two. So so. They will, I guess, technically Station Camp's in front because they have more wins, but Green Hill obviously with more losses, and if they can get the win over Station Camp, that will put them in sole possession of first place. Listen, teams have struggled at Green Hill this season shooting. A large reason, they've never been there before, Brady. This is a new school. They've never – even if they're seniors, they didn't get shots there while they were junior, sophomore, front, nothing like that. This is the first time uh, going to Green Hill, and – I like to be a little uh, on edge when I pick um, winners and stuff. So, you know, I won't jump ahead, but it had had a hard time picking that game because of the reason I just stated. Going on the road at Green Hill has obviously not served um, teams very well this season. So uh, all that's to say is I still think it's going to be a fantastic game. Those are two really good teams. And I think it's going to come down to the fourth quarter. And then um, Green uh, Gallatin girls versus Green Hill girls. Again, second place team versus a third place team. Is going to say a lot for district standing. So um, Gallatin in a good position if they win. Pretty much going to solidify second place. Um, no one's catching Lebanon who's undefeated. So those are my two games to keep an eye out for this year or this week. Excuse me. Two players are going to be Kiana Chumley from JP2 as they play Lipscomb and Father Ryan this week. Two uh, huge games. One of them being against arch rival Father Ryan. Uh, you know she's a senior that needs. Uh, to get going if, if, if the Lady Knights want to win both of those games this year. So I've got an eye on her. And then my other uh, player to keep an eye on, I've had a hard time deciding between Ty Martin, Cade Martin, because it's usually the Martin brothers who mm-hmm. carry Gallatin. Um, but I'm going to – you know, Ty can shoot really well. I mean, eight of 11 from three in one of their games earlier this year, that's remarkable. Yeah, Cade, that's dangerous. Yeah, but Cade, I mean, he can get to the bucket. He can pull up. He's got great lift on his jump shot, plays good defense. Um, so I'm going to go with Cade Martin as my other player. You know, like I said, they've got Green Hill this week and Beach back-to-back. Two huge district games, Brady, two huge district games. And if he can play well in both of those games, Gallatin could could uh, could get the upset because they already play good defense. As I mentioned, Ty, his brother, can shoot the ball. Best of them, Ethan Rogers, can shoot the ball. So if they're hitting from three, playing good defense, and Cade comes out, Drops 15-plus, they, they could get two upsets this week. And then my one winner for this week, listen, I, I, I alluded to a little bit. I like to make a little bit boldy, risky picks. Um, but I don't, know if I, can, I don't know if I can pull the trigger of Station Camp over, over Green Hill, at Green Hill, of the reasons I just mentioned. Uh, teams struggle to play there. So I think I'm going to go uh, with the safe bet and going to go Gallatin girls over the beach girls. Weren't ready to go go all out, huh? Yeah, ready to go all out. Exactly. Listen, I I guess technically I did throw one. I did throw beach in there at the end uh, with the beach girls, but I'm saying it's going to be the Gallatin girls who get the win. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no no beach love this week. Sorry to uh, disappoint you, Brady. <laughs> hey, it's all right. You know, I, I like to be uh, proven wrong sometimes, even if it's as minor as that. All right, Brady, you're hitting the, you're hitting the court. You're full court pressing us. What is your two two one? Well, my two games this week, it's it's easy. I mean, this this week is Rossview versus Clarksville week, the biggest rivalry in the, in the city. Um, so my two games are going to be the Rossview girls versus the Clarksville girls and the Rossview boys versus the Clarksville boys. Um, both of those games were 
great games last time they met earlier this season uh, at Rossview. The girls came, the Clarksville girls came away with the win, and the Rossview boys came away with the win. And that was really the big game where the Rossview boys kind of announced themselves as contenders in this district. Um, they were on cloud nine after that win, um, but Clarksville hasn't lost since coming back from that kind of COVID uh, mandated break. Um, Rossview girls are kind of picking up steam a little bit. They've they were they were a really young team, lost eight players from last year's team that uh, nearly went to substate. And uh, I think it's very possible that both results could go either way. We'll come back to that in a minute. Um, but my two players this week, first on the boys' side, um, I'm looking at Amitri Moss on Friday. Uh, Northwest is hosting Kenwood. I've kind of mentioned that home court advantage. Um, and Northwest is a, a talented basketball team. Uh, and Kenwood has been incredibly inconsistent. Um, Kenwood kind of in the, I would say the top half of district 10, but kind of teetering on the edge, kind of on the fence a little bit. And I think Northwest could probably take that game from them. If Amitri Moss has one of his days where he goes for 20, maybe 30 points um, at home against Kenwood. Uh, And on the girls side, my one player is going to be Sierra Bowser um, at home on Tuesday against Northwest. Um, Now we know Northwest is the best girls team in the district. Um, but they're hitting the road, going against a talented Northeast team. And Sierra Bowser is really the leader of that team, the best scorer. Um, she's going to be going up against Tamia Scott, who is um, an absolute force in the paint defensively. And Sierra's uh, main scoring is as a slasher. Um, she, and she did get hurt in their last game on Friday against Kenwood. So that'll kind of be up in the air. But I think if she's able to play and able to have a big game, Northeast might, might have a chance to possibly take out the Lady Vikings. I'm not going to say it's a for sure thing because, like I said, the Lady Vikings are a really, really good basketball team. Uh, one, of the, one of the top, maybe even in the state, but that's something to watch. I just want to say that is something to watch. Um, now, as far as my one winner this week, I'm going back to Clarksville High, looking at that Rossview versus Clarksville game. Um, really, the, the, the biggest game of the season so far – was that Clarksville boys at Rossview boys, Rossview taking that win. And I think this week the Wildcats are going to get their revenge and really say, Hey, we're, we're one of the top two, maybe the, maybe the best team in this city. I still think Northeast is probably the best team, but Clarksville is going to come out and say, Hey, we're, we're going to, we're going to be in the championship this season. Uh, We're not letting ourselves get beat twice by our rival and they're going to come out and win that game. There we go on the record. There we go. So if it goes the other way, you know where to find Brady. You know how to reach out to him and let him know. Yep. I I I, I do plan on hearing from, from the Rossview side if I'm wrong about that because they are going to be ecstatic and they are going to love when uh, hearing me and proving me wrong. Um, something that I actually mentioned last week, uh, Rossview coach Johnny Jackson, hey, I don't know if you're hearing this, um, but you've proven me wrong in the past. They they like to use me as bold and board material. That's funny. But also, also really cool that um, you're establishing a relationship with a school like that, you know, mm-hmm. that they can, I mean, because obviously it's all in good fun. And yeah, absolutely. That's, that's when you start having a good time with it all is when, when everyone's in kind of on the joke, I guess, if you will. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's really cool, you know, getting to know some of these coaches, some of these players, uh, even some fans really around the city. Um, uh, after after one game in my original starting five, I didn't have Ron Jessamy in my starting five, and that's and he had uh, nearly a triple double with with 
points, rebounds, and blocks. Uh, it was either against Northeast or Coxville, and there was a fan who uh, who caught me after the game. He's like, "Hey, are you gonna change your starting five after tonight?" <laughs> and I was like, "You know what? I might have to." And you know, now he now he's in it. So uh, whoever that was, if, if you're listening to this, just know I got you. Brady, I feel like we have to mention the um, TWSAA Board of Control meeting this past week. Obviously, it has affected basketball because we are not sure if the Murphy Center or Lipscomb is going to be able to play host to the basketball tournament this year. Um, you know, they originally came out in the meeting and said that um, Siegel, uh, Stewart's Creek, and Rockville would host. And then, you know, I guess word got out, and then they decided to retract that and say that, Nothing's final yet. Nothing's set in stone yet. Last, the previous week, both universities said if they had to make a decision today, the answer would be no. Um, I don't really know what TWSAA is waiting on. Um, it sounds like they've got a good, a good contingency plan in place. I don't know why they just don't go ahead and execute it. It's not like fans are going to be allowed in attendance anyways. Mm-hmm. So who cares where we're having the game? And um, you know, obviously it's going to be a little bit different than the normal years, but guess what? We didn't even have a state tournament. Last yeah, we'll so, take whatever we can get this year. Yeah. So if you tell coaches like, Hey, you have to play, oh, I'm sorry. You have to play at a high school gym instead of the Murphy center. Well, sign me up because we didn't even get a chance to play last year. And the worst part of it all is for a team like Lebanon, for instance, is the what if factor, like, because they firmly believe that they could have won state and had they had the opportunity. So it all comes down to just give these give these coaches, give these players a gym to play, make a decision, and let's just move forward. Yeah, I think these coaches would rather play at a YMCA than have what yeah. happened last year. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think they're going to be too picky about it at all. Um, but, hey, if they are set on playing in a college gym, you know, Austin Peay's got a good one here in Clarksville. So maybe, maybe give them a call. I, I'd, I'd have no problem living 10 minutes away from the state championships. Hey, maybe they should. You know what, Brady? I think you should compose the email, send it over to Bernard Childress, and see if uh, they'll reach out to Clarksville. I'll do what I can. You know, because clearly in other decisions they made, uh, we have no problem moving other state championships away from Middle Tennessee. You know, they made that very clear that, hey, if we're gonna, we should be able to move away from Middle Tennessee. So, hey, if Clarksville wants to host this year or next year moving forward, why, why not? I'll take it, especially with uh, my my regional championships this week, this year being in, in at Henry County, all the way out in Paris. That's going to be a real pain in the butt. Yeah, those drives are are never fun. I've only had to make the trip to Paris once, and uh, you know, I'm glad I'm glad I don't have to do it on the regular. Mm-hmm. But uh, Brady, before we close this show out, I, I do want to give a shout out to the Sumner County Middle School tournament going on. Um, Portland East boys won the AA uh, tournament championship. They're actually going to play Cheatham County on Thursday in the area tournament, the winner of that area tournament will move on to the state tournament, which hosts four teams. And then the lar- the class three, a state uh, county tournament, excuse me, is going on with the larger schools in the county. It's going on currently as the semifinals um, and finals we play today, tomorrow and Thursday. So I uh, just wanted to give a shout out to those teams um, for, for making it to the area tournament, Westmoreland girls, Portland East boys, um, and then the Class 3A is still de- still to be determined, but Station Camp was the number one seed for both the boys and girls. You, you would think that they were are going to move on, but you're going to have four teams move on to the to the area tournament in middle school. I know they're going to match up eventually with your area, and uh, we'll see. We'll have some middle school basketball to talk about, I guess, here in the next couple of weeks. Thank you guys for listening. This has been Episode 6 of the Full Core Press. Here with Zach Womble and myself, Brady McDemney. Looking forward to talking to you guys next week for lucky Episode number 7.